Part Two, Chapter Eleven of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Doyle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. He awoke the next morning late, recalling the impressions of the previous day. He remembered first of all that he was to be presented that day to the Emperor Franz. He remembered the Minister of War, the officiously polite Flugel adjutant. Bilibin and the conversation of the evening before. Putting on his full-dress uniform, which he had not worn for a long time, to go to court, he went down to Bilibin's study, with his hand bandaged, but fresh, full of spirits, and handsome. Four young gentlemen connected with the diplomatic corps were gathered in the study. Bolkonsky was already acquainted with Prince Ippolit Kuragin, one of the secretaries of the legation. Bilibin introduced him to the others. The gentlemen at Bilibin's were gay, rich young men of fashion, who formed, both in Vienna and here in Brunn, an exclusive circle, which Bilibin, the leader of it, called ours, Les Notes. This coterie, composed almost exclusively of diplomats, were occupied with the doings of society, their relations to certain women, and their duties as secretaries, so that the interests of war and diplomacy were a sealed book to them. The gentlemen apparently took Prince André and adopted him as one of themselves, an honor which they did not confer upon everyone. From politeness, and as a topic for beginning conversation, they asked him a few questions about the army and the battle, and then conversation quickly drifted into inconsequential but jovial sallies of wit and gossip. "'But this is specially good,' said one, relating the misfortunes of a colleague. "'Especially good,' when the Chancellor himself told him to his face that his transfer to London was a promotion, and that he was to so regard it. Can you imagine his looks at hearing that? But what is worse than all, gentlemen, I must expose Kurrigan. A man is in trouble, and this Don Juan, this terrible man, must needs take advantage of it. Prince Ippolit was stretched out in a Voltaire chair, with his legs thrown over the arm. He laughed. Parlez-moi de ça. Tell me about it, he said. Oh, you Don Juan. Oh, you snake, said various voices. You don't know, Belkonsky, said Bilibin, turning to Prince André, that all the atrocities committed by the French army, I almost said the Russian army, are nothing in comparison with what this man has been doing among the ladies. La femme est la campagne de l'homme. Woman is man's helpmeet, said Prince Ippolit, sententiously, and he began to stare through his lorgnette at his elevated feet. Bilibin and our fellows roared as they looked at Prince Ippolit. Prince André saw that this young man of whom, it must be confessed, he had almost been jealous was the butt for this circle. I must give you a little sport with Kurrigan, whispered Bilibin to Bolkonsky. It's rich to hear him talk about politics. You must see what an important air he assumes. He took a seat near Ippolit, and wrinkling his brows portentously, began to draw him into conversation on political affairs. Prince André and the others gathered around the two. The cabinet cannot express any thought of alliance, began Ippolit, letting his eyes wander significantly from one to the other, without expressing, as in its last note, Vous comprenez? Vous comprenez? 
and then if his majesty the emperor does not go back on his principles our alliance attendez i have not finished said he to prince andrei seizing him by the arm i suppose that intervention will be stronger than non-intervention and he was silent for a moment the non-receipt of our dispatch of the twenty-eighth of november cannot be charged as intentional that will be the end of it and he let go of bolkonsky's arm signifying that now he was entirely done demosthenes i recognize thee by the pebble which thou hast concealed in this golden mouth said bilibin his cap of hair moving on his head with satisfaction all laughed ippolit laughed louder than the rest he was evidently not at his ease and could not get his breath but he was unable to refrain from the forced laugh that distorted his usually impassive face now then gentlemen said bilibin bolkonsky is a guest at my house here in brune and i am anxious to treat him well and give him a taste of all our pleasures here so far as possible if we were in vienna this would be easy but here in this beastly moravian hole civilian true moras it will be harder and i beg you all to lend me your aid il faut lui faire les honneurs de brune you undertake the theatres i will introduce him to society you ippolit of course the ladies i must show him amelie she's a beauty said one of the circle kissing the ends of his fingers all in all this bloodthirsty soldier said bilibin must be brought to more humane views it is doubtful if i can profit by your hospitality gentlemen for it is now time for me to go out said bolkonsky looking at his watch where to the emperor oh 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 well au revoir bolkonsky good-bye prince come back to dinner with us as early as you can shouted several voices we will look for you try to say as much as you can in praise of the commissariat and the roads when you speak to the emperor said bilibin as he accompanied bolkonsky into the entry i wish i could say flattering things but i cannot said bolkonsky with a smile well then do just as much of the talking as you can his passion is for audiences but he does not like to talk and he does not know how as you will see for yourself End of chapter eleven